Welcome to LJRE Podcast, podcasting with the real estate experts. Welcome to Luke Jones Real Estate, podcasting with the real estate experts. Our aim with this series of podcasts is to pull back the curtain on the real estate brokerage business and do a deep dive into who some of the unsung heroes are out there in the business. Because brokerage sales is a team effort, and as I like to say, it takes a village to get a deal done in this industry. So if you're investing in an income property, or purchasing your first home, or refinancing an existing property, or researching an opportunity, or even looking to build a career in real estate, it's important to understand what all these experts really do, and what they bring to the table to make it all happen. In this episode, we are going to talk about hard money loans. While this topic may be out of reach for some residential home buyers out there looking for a conventional loan, or while this might not speak to your specific real estate goals, I would say that it's vital that we understand what our competition is out there doing to get their deals done. And hard money loans are becoming very commonplace in a competitive market like this. Also, as a shrewd buyer or an investor out there, even if you have your loan locked up or even if you're an all-cash buyer, there's a lot of gold to be taken from hearing about these hard money loans and how they work in the market. These lenders underwrite deals in a different way. They look at deals in a different way and they can be a great resource of revenue for you in the future. As ever, I'll be looking at the process through the lens of wealth building in real estate. And for developers in particular, hard money loans are pretty commonplace and vital. But as always, it's always about having a relationship, a relationship with your vendors, with your team, with your lenders, and building a foundation of trust and strength with your partners so that they can help set you up for success. So to introduce my guest today, I want to tell you something. As a successful real estate agent who's helped countless investors, sellers, and buyers achieve their goals, I get a lot of calls from lenders. I love getting calls from third-party vendors because it helps me grow my referral business. And as always, I want to be a great resource for my clients, so I love to learn. But that said, I kind of have my team and... uh, but I was really impressed with the salesmanship of our guest today who politely kept on pressing me and pursuing me. And so we got talking about ways in which we could help our clients and partner on deals. And uh, one thing led to another, and I invited him and his colleagues on this show today. So today, I'm going to be learning about this company along with you guys out there listening. And I'll try and ask some incisive questions and Hopefully, we'll all learn a little bit more about the hard money lending process and how Sunset Equity has positioned themselves in this marketplace. So today, I'm joined by our fearless business development executive and uh, investor relations executive, Alex Young, and also our uh, head of loan origination, Greg. And uh, so guys, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Thank you for being here. Thank you. Greg, why don't you introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit more about who Sunset Equity is and and what really sets you apart from the competition. Sure, sure. And uh, thank you for the the introduction, Luca. So I'll I'll start off by saying, you know, Sunset Equity, we are not, we like to stick to the word private money lender um, because everybody else is a hard money lender. 
private money lender is what we use to differentiate ourselves in this, in this market. Um, it just kind of lets us stand out a little bit more. So um, we specialize in non-owner occupied investment property. Okay. Um, so not so this is not a loan product for someone that's going to live in their home is what you mean. That's correct. That's okay. correct. This is tailored to investors, uh, developers, flippers. Um, our bread and butter, so to see if you want to call it, mm -hmm. uh, is primarily anybody that's in the fix and flip game. Okay. Gotcha. Because of the quick funding. Okay. Um, and so yeah, we've been we're 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 growing very quickly. Uh huh. Um, we have people like Alex on board who are you know building relationships. Obviously, you know, got in contact with you and hundreds of other calls being made, emails being sent out, and and we're just trying to get our name out there and educate uh, the market. Educate the market exactly because there's so many lenders out there right now who. Everybody says that they can they can they can close or they you know they can get docs done in seven days they can they can help them fund fund every deal but when when push comes to shove at the end of the day uh, a lot of times it doesn't end up happening. And 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 Greg and forgive me it's Simakovsky right Simakovsky Greg Simakovsky okay so um, Greg what what got you into this business like tell tell us a little bit about what so, what originally like was the motivation behind getting into this very particular niche. It is, it is. So I moved to Los Angeles uh, four years ago from Miami. Uh, my mother is actually a real estate agent. Um, she's based originally in Columbus, Ohio. She's one of the top five agents in the city. Oh, wow. Um, so from since childhood, I've been in, you know, preview to that. And I've, I've seen how, she, you know, she's closing five, six loans a month, uh, not loans, uh, sales, mm -hmm. you know, representing buyers or sellers. And I've always been around it. So it's just always been... Always been a part of my life. Part and, of your and, DNA. And exactly. And so I got into automotive finance. Mm -hmm. uh, I sold cars and I was a finance manager for Toyota. Uh, came out to LA and I knew I wanted to do real estate. I bought a bus, I bought a Greyhound ticket here. Uh, with like about 400 bucks. That's awesome. Ticket. No way. So That's I, great. I came out here and um, I got connected with some, with some really great guys who are uh, considered to be my mentors, you know. And... Uh, so that's amazing. So you, you came out here literally on a Greyhound with 400 bucks in the back of your pocket, and now you run this awesome organization. You're providing loans for developers and flippers, and you're connecting investors with principals and in, in, four, in four short years. Four years, man. It, 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 when I look back at it and I think about it today, it seems like so much has been done and so many different things have happened, but man, it's only four years. Wow. A lot of, a lot of things can be done, a lot of achievements, a lot of... You know, a lot of goals that I've set for myself have been achieved. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and just growing and growing and growing every day. That's great. And Alex, what about you? What, what got you into this, uh, in, into this business and how did you meet Greg here? So I came to this business. Uh, Navid Lavi is our COO and he's a close friend of mine. And he had approached me in late August last year and asked if I would like to come and move to California and go into a new Where field. are you from? I'm from Alaska. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yes, sir. So... Have running. you climbed Denali? Sorry, getting off topic here. I but. have not climbed Denali yet. It is it is on the bucket list, and I believe I will get it done in the awesome. next five years. Good for you. Um, as far as switching industries, I was running an oil rig in Alaska. I did that for nine and a half years, mm -hmm. so I was used to working in teams and, and setting common goals, working together, and building relationships with third-party companies. So I, I had been used to that, and I always enjoyed working with other people and setting common goals and then helping people reach those goals. 
So then he uh, approached me again, and he was like, look, I need you to come to L.A. You will be good at this. Just take a chance. And I was like, you know what? I would like that. So I decided, okay, I kind of like Greg. I just decided I packed up my truck, and I quit my job. And two days later, I was on the road driving from Alaska to L.A. Wow. I made it in four days. And uh, See, this is what I love, guys. I love, I love getting into the personal and sort of really understanding what drives you, what motivates you, and what, what, what you can give to your clients as, as like a real backstory for how you become successful so that hopefully some of that success rubs off on your clients, right? Yes. And so you talked a little, both of you talked a little bit about, about your previous you know, work lives and, and how you'd learned a lot of structure and, and, and all those things. So tell us a bit about, Greg, tell us a bit about the structure in Sunset Equity. How does it all shake down in your organization? So in terms of the actual transaction process, right? So we have Alex here who's uh, investor relations. His, what he does is he, 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 Okay, he got in touch with you. Mm-hmm. He makes phone calls. He, he builds the relationships with directly the borrowers, agents, brokers, uh, really just everybody in our industry who at some point is, is connecting to a borrower, a home buyer, or an investor. And we receive a transaction, we receive a scenario. It comes in the form of an email or in the form of a conversation simply on the phone. Um, it's very simple. We don't like to overcomplicate things, right? Um, it's very quick. We just need a few few pieces of information. What type of transaction it is, the address of the property, um, the loan amount they're requesting, and a little bit of information on the borrower, and we're able to issue a commitment within about twenty four hours. Wow, um, so that's quick. So quick. so you have you have a simple structure that try and that tries to make you very accountable, so that the 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 client can know that they can get an answer from you guys super quick. So so. I asked this question of some other guests that we've had on the podcast, right? And, and it's, it's an interesting one because I'm an agent and I'm not a principal. And ultimately, it's not me borrowing the money, but it's, it's you and I, Alex, that have the relationship. And subsequently, now you and I, Greg, have the relationship. And maybe my client might not even meet you guys. So who is your, who's your client? Who's your customer? Is there a difference between the two? And how do you kind of reconcile those two different relationships together? I'll take this one, Greg. I would say our client is whoever the point of contact is, whether it's a broker, direct borrower, or it's a realtor putting us in contact with their agent because we all want to treat them the same, whether it's just the individual borrower or the broker because if we work seamlessly with all of them it's going to be the same process we want the same end goal and working with a broker there's an opportunity for him to bring you another deal afterwards working with a borrower there's an opportunity for them to bring another deal afterwards as long as they're satisfied with the service that you've given them so in other words would you say like it the lead source is your is your client in that respect like yeah whoever the agent yes okay Uh, you know uh agent or broker um also, other mortgage brokers, people that do the same thing that we do, but they just have a little bit of a different uh, a niche in, 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 you know, they do conventional loans, for instance. So our clients are, it's really just everybody who, who we are in direct communication, who brings scenarios, uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the person signing for the loan documents and that is getting the loan, but right. I, I would say it would be the, the end. That's the, 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 the end at client. the end of the day, yeah. that's the end client. Okay, so... 
I think that's a good point. So we're, so we're differentiating a little bit. So, so essentially you start out having a relationship with the person that, that reaches out, the, the sort of initial contact. But then at the end of the day, your client is the borrower. Is that fair to say? Whoever signs the docs, yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So as you guys know and, and the listeners out there know that, that my business is focused around helping clients build wealth through their real estate and, and obviously talking with you guys, leveraging is one of the key building blocks in any, any plan to build wealth, right? Correct. Um, leveraging and compounding. And, and we could get into what those two words mean in a separate topic of conversation, but, but let's just assume borrowing. Borrowing other people's money, mm-hmm. right, is a way to grow your real estate. But the costs of private loans, hard money loans, whatever you want to call them, are also much higher than than your conventional loans that are out there. And and everyone sees, you know, the the rocket loans promoting, you know, three points or whatever, and then and then someone says, Oh yeah, private money loans, you're talking about 10, 12, 15, 20%. And it's very it can be very misleading. And so how do you guys present yourselves to your customers, your clients, the, the guys who send the, sign the loan docs at the end of the day? How do you present yourselves as a solution rather than a challenge? Well, it's a give and take. So, yes, we are, we're not a conventional loan with the market rate, you know, with the four and a quarter uh, interest and principal payments. We are interest only, uh, you know, monthly payment. We have a balloon payment at the end of the, the term of the loan at the maturity date. And yes, it's higher, but what are you getting in, in result of paying that, those higher fees? Number one, you're getting the security knowing that you're going to close your deal at the end of the day. Um, that's the most important thing. Everybody wants to hear that their loan will be funded. Now, also, um, when dealing with your conventional loan uh, you know, brokers or anybody else that you're going to send your scenario to, um, you're going to have to go through a full doc loan process. Mm-hmm. So... The underwriting is going to take 45 days to 60 days, whereas we can get everything done in 7 to 14 days. Now, especially with transactions, which I'm sure you're very familiar with, you have something that is um, about to go, or short sale, for instance. Right? Mm-hmm. Short sale transactions, they need to close by a certain date. Um, they, have a, they have an expiration, and sometimes it gets very, very close to that expiration date. And people at the very last minute, you know, I've gotten transactions where we had to fund a short sale within 48 hours, and we were able to do it. Wow. Um, so now, um, is that a term, is that bridge loans? Is that kind of what that means? So you're, you're kind of bridging the, the, the bridging financing the gap. gap? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. So, so you can be in, the, in there as a, like the knight in shining armor that comes in with a quick solution. Naturally, it's going to be a little more expensive, but it gives the, the client the, the comfort that they'll know that, that they can close. Yeah. And that they can fund. We save the day. Save the day. I love it. So, so you mentioned there, Greg, that, that obviously there's a very different process in underwriting your types of loans versus a conventional loan. It sounds like you're way quicker. How do you ensure that it's also watertight at the same time as being quick? So walk me through how you underwrite a deal, just briefly. Like we don't have to get into the right. into the nitty gritty here, but like like literally, what would be the different way that you look at a deal versus a regular conventional mortgage broker? So the biggest thing is we are we are property equity driven, whereas conventional brokers or conventional loan products, 
are looking at the individual. They're looking at them as, can they take this monthly payment? Can they take it on? Their debt to income ratio, the amount of uh, uh, debt that they have, the amount of uh, income that they're generating, you know, where they're working, what their credit history is like. They take every single aspect of their financial background into consideration. We, however, are much simpler, which is the beauty of it. We look at the asset, right? And typically, we want to stay around 65% from the loan to value. And we, we, I mean, we'll go aggressive, we'll go, we'll go higher up. Um, but our underwriting is, is strictly on the property. And we don't look at FICOs. Um, we're not, I mean, we look at them, but we have, you know, where, where you're taking to Chase or Wells Fargo, nobody's going to look at somebody that has you know, a 600 FICO for whatever reason it may be. However, we will, because at the end of the day, it's not about that individual necessarily. It's, it's driven the by the asset, underlying asset, which because, is the real estate. Right. Okay. If, if anything ever happens in a default scenario and we have to go to foreclosure, we know that we're in a secure position and that that property, if we have to buy it back, we're going to be able to sell it and get, you know, get everything back that we lent them originally. And, and that's where our security lies. So, Alex, when you're talking to uh, folk about you know building a relationship with a with maybe it's a borrower or maybe it's an agent are you kind of going through a pre-qualifying kind of process where you're trying to ascertain like what is the asset is this worth our time to kind of invest in this or yeah definitely luke so when i talk to a new client and then i built a relationship with me they'll either call me send me an email and say you know i have a scenario for you and then we'll just go through the process and i'll ask just for the property address i'll ask the transaction type and I'll get the very basic info, and then I'll research the property and do my own personal homework on it. And we can pretty much decide in 24 hours whether it's going to be a deal or so not. So essentially, you're saying that, that you're underwriting these deals in a, in a sense, or you're looking at the, 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 the security of that asset yes. to decide in-house whether you are going to be able to go to your investors and say, we should fund a loan on this property. We place it yes, in sir. our box. Okay. Pretty much, he'll he'll like he just said he'll go through the very very essential basic portion of parts of the transaction, and afterwards, if we say okay, this is a go, we like the deal, uh, then it'll go to underwriting, and, and everything will be looked at, and all the applications, and as well as the paperwork comes in. Gotcha. So so all right. So I want to dive into this a little deeper because because I'm learning here. So let's assume that you do fund a loan. And that you've done your research into the underlying asset and you feel that there's strength in that and your exposure isn't too high because you've got a you know, 65, 35 LTV, whatever. What measures are you still going to have to take to ensure that it stays on track? Because it's not just about the underlying asset, right? Service it's about, it's about the, the folk that are working on the flip. It's about making sure that, that by the maturity date, it's, it's deliverable, that you can exit smooth. So... What is it that you do to ensure that you and your investors, crucially, get out intact? Assuming that it's a, uh, a transaction that has either a rehab component or if it's anything that's involving construction, we have third-party companies that are our holdback accounts, or our fund control, essentially. So if we, since we're offering 100% on the rehab, if mm-hmm. anybody's doing a purchase, then we have to make sure that the money that we're, that we're giving to them to, to do all their construction and remodeling, cosmetic work that they need to do, is actually being spent towards those items, right? So, so like a checks and balances, you have exactly, to make sure that, exactly. that it's going where it's, it's meant to going go. Where <laughs> it's meant to go because at the end of the day, we can have mechanical liens that pop up on our property mm-hmm. because we didn't we didn't do our due diligence. You know, right? Every time they submit, somebody wants to get money from their home bank account for the rehab fund. 
And and for the benefit of our listeners out there, because we actually, funnily enough, we talked about mechanic liens mm-hmm. with when we were talking with uh, with Heidi Gottlieb at, at North American Title. Tell us again what a mechanic lien is. So a mechanic lien is, let's say that uh, somebody comes, uh, Bob the Builder comes to your home, and he does some plumbing work, for instance, right? And he did not get paid for it. Bob has 90 days uh, to essentially file or, or record uh, on, on the title um, a lien, called a mechanic lien, right? For the amount of money that he is owed for the for the services that he so provides. that becomes a, a a debt if you like that that's owed. It becomes a debt and it becomes a cloud on title, um, which is huge in our case because certain title policies will insure mechanic liens, others will not. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, even more important when we're talking about construction completion financing that we do. Right. So we have to get an extended title policy that covers those mechanical liens to make sure that we're safe and that if anything pops up on title before we got on it, that we're not going to get hit. Gotcha. So there's so there's a there's a bunch of measures that you can take to kind of protect yourselves against something happening that that, that may have Absolutely. not have been anticipated. Absolutely. Okay. So it sounds again like it's a very you draw down from this account according to a certain mm-hmm. schedule. And is there someone out there kind of like saying yes, they've done X, Y, and Z, we can now release? Or? So they they send in invoices. Okay. So uh, there's third party companies, or we do it in house as well. Okay. So it just really depends on the transaction. Um, if it's a private investor that's doing the funding, uh, they like to choose their own companies that they are familiar with working, uh, that they've worked with in the past. And the, all the borrower really has to do is take a picture mm-hmm. of the progress that they've made, uh, send the invoices for the materials mm-hmm. uh, and for the payments that they made to the general contractor or the subcontractors. Mm-hmm. After that, they submit it. The third-party fund control or us in-house, we review everything, make sure that it's correct, send somebody out there to, to make sure the work has been completed. And after that, we release the funds. And it takes about 24 to 48 hours. Sounding simple. I like it. I like the fact that you guys are keen to make this simple. So, all right, we we got into quite some detail there. So now we're going to switch gears a little. So my company is built around three key pillars, right? I'm all about action, community, and freedom. It's kind of what drives me personally, but also professionally. Like, those three things. So... What quick fire round here? So, Greg, first we'll go with you. What what drives you personally? Personally, I'd say I mean my drive is is to I won't sum it up in one word. I'll I'll rather explain it. Um, I've I was been taught throughout my life to never be content with what I've achieved. Uh, that way, always push forward to learn more and to do more. Um, constantly goal setting. You know, my my time in the military, I was in the U.S. Navy. Um, so their, their kind of motto is, you know, uh, honor, courage, commitment. So a, lo- a lot of that uh, still applies in everyday life. doesn't necessarily have to be in the military sure. aspect, right? Yeah. Um, and everything that, that I try to do, I, I'm, I'm looking for benefiting and, and, and just in, in creating not monetary value all the time, but um, call it... Um, Growth. Growth, yeah. I mean, just, yeah, growth as an individual. You know, it, it's not everything that it has to be work-related. Right. So, but uh, but personally, yeah, it's, it's, it's never being content and, and always, always ready to push and do more. And so you're a driver. Absolutely. You're always driving forward. So Absolutely. are you a Capricorn? I'm, a, I'm actually a Libra. Are you a Libra? Libra. Okay. I'm not going to get into star signs here, but I just thought, because I'm a Capricorn, and I'm, and I'm very driven, uh-huh. and we're, 
you know, p- apparently, like, we're like the mountain goat. Like, we're always mm. just, like, keep keep trucking, you know, keep, like, keep moving forwards. Sounds like Wingos, um, right? Aren't, aren't Beatles the type, too? Uh, maybe, the I don't know. Help, the, the, you the know. Lions, right? <laughs> exactly. I think, I think it's safe to say that, that you can read into it whatever you want to yeah. read into it. But anyway, I, I, I digress. Um, so, uh, Alex, what drives you personally? What, what, what gets you going in the morning? I would say being committed, having a goal, waking up every day. I'm a big goal setter as well. I go to sleep reviewing my goals, and I wake up reviewing my next day's goals. So I'd say commitment and further education and honor. You know, I want to be committed to everything I do. I want to be honorable about it, and I believe in further education. If you're not learning something every day, you're you guys are two two peas in a pod. Oh yeah, when Alex, when we when when we first met, I I you know we talked and. I could I could tell you know within a couple minutes you know of, of, of us talking that he was going to be great you know in, in at what he's doing and he is he's he's just a machine he's a monster he's a tank I love it um, he's he's putting our name out there he's 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 you know building himself up making new contacts connections it's great um, and and I could feel that energy from day one. So so what are the things that the three pillars or the one word whatever that that drives the company professionally then. I would say for our company, and I believe everyone in our company would say this, it's transparency, simplicity, and commitment. We want to be a transparent lender. We don't want to be the ones that get you with the bait and grab at the end. We're, we're not about that. We want to set our terms right in the beginning and be transparent about it. We want to make the process simple, streamline it, and we're committed to getting your deal closed. If we tell you we're going to do the deal, the deal is going to get closed. And you said before we went live with the podcast, you said that you have 100% Closing um, ratio. Closing ratio. Yeah. The reason I say that is because there's never a time where we will take, or I, in my, personally, before I was with Sunset or, or you know doing in, you know in lending at all, I would never take on a transaction that I knew that I could not close 100. Um, percent Whether that be on my end, you know, I know that I have the funds in place allocated. I know the deal is solid, and I know that uh, we will see it through all the way. Now, I can't always speak for the other side. Of course, yeah. Right? And things do tend to happen, and they are last minute. However, um, 100% closing ratio is something that I advocate all the time, on the phone, in an email, um, on a podcast. Uh, so it's it's very important that people know that at the end of the day, we're going to close the deal. Now, you mentioned something that's a great segue, actually, because you talked about um, your commitment to close, but that you can't necessarily control the other side of the deal. And so... What do you see when, when you know, the, the underlying asset is great, you guys are fired up about the, 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 the investment that you're making, but the borrower is kind of making mistakes? Is, it, is there a way that you can mitigate against that, be involved? Do you, do you actively, like, get involved in all the transactions, or, do you, or are you more passive once you've lent? Um, <clears throat> well, since we like to keep the, the, the communication from really the beginning to the end of the transaction with one person. You know, if you call me and you're dealing with me, you're going to be speaking to, to, to Greg from the beginning to the end of your deal from when we close the sign and sign the loan docs. Um, because it's the easiest way to keep, make sure that things are under control, mm-hmm. that the information is conveyed properly, and that there's not a tangle in the line of communication. So, um, with that being said, you know, like from the borrower's end, especially when you have multiple, multiple, uh, people representing uh, the borrower, you know, it could be a daisy chain of brokers, mm-hmm. but you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a broken telephone, you know, 
Uh, somebody passes one message along to the next person, and then by the time that you get it, it's a complete it's completely different from what it originally right. had. Right. And so that's a lot of times the, the the biggest challenges that you know that we face, and I think any any lender can really say this is that um, sometimes borrowers just aren't very honest with you, unfortunately, right. because they're coming to you for help. A lot of times they're in a distressful situation. You know, they have a first, a second, and a third, and they happen to be in default on all of them, or they haven't made they they're in default on the second and third. And they haven't uh, made made their payments on the first mortgage. So right. how are you going to lend money to somebody? Boy, there must be a lot of stories from the trenches. So the so the way that I always like to finish up with this is is I, I kind of want to talk about like the sublime to the ridiculous. So give me an example of I'm assuming it's happened with your hundred percent track record, but give me an example of like the perfect deal, why it went so well. And what one thing you think it was that made that deal so simple and so easy? From from the, the transactions that I've worked on, and it's actually funny that since it's actually the one that I'm working on right now currently, it is um, what's making it simple and what's making it great and just smooth is really the communication between the borrower and myself and, and every, you know everybody involved. Most importantly, there's not four different people that are that you know that are all in contact with each other. It's very direct. Borrower, organized, he knows what he needs, he knows where he needs to get done, the timelines, the time frames, all the paperwork, all the docs, you know, T's crossed, I's dotted from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And that will and to any anybody doing any loans or even a real estate transaction, you know, a sale, um, if if the borrower is or the seller is, is squared away, you know that's going to ensure that everything moves 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 smoothly. So in, in this particular case that I'm talking about, it's a construction, uh, ground up construction loan, mm-hmm. and construction is one of the more diligent, a uh, lot of different aspects to it because the, the underwriting is very extensive because you have to look at budgets now, you have to look at the plans, the permitting, and when somebody has everything that they can just send you in one little Dropbox file and you have access to all of the plans and permits and all the documents you need, it makes your life. And their life a lot easier because you get it done quicker. So organization, um, like systems, all that. Systems, yeah, and and experience. Experience. Yeah, dealing with experienced individuals, uh, developers, investors, is is probably key, crucial, because if it's somebody who's never done it before, you're going to have some problems. So so, uh, I can see where this is going. So give me an example then of like the worst case scenario. Like, Like give me an example of you've done the best you can, you still got your 100% track record, so it obviously did close, but it's just been really lumpy. Like what, without, you know, let's not embarrass any individuals yeah. out there, but, but like give me an example of what went wrong in your mind to make it so complicated. I'll let Alex uh, talk about this one. This was actually one of his first transactions that we worked on together, and uh, we did close it at the end of the day, and um, everybody was happy and things got done, but why don't you dive into that one a little bit? Okay, so this uh, this was my one of my first deals that was done, and it, it was a very good deal. Uh, borrower strong, everything as far as providing the documents in the beginning and making a package, it, it went well. Well, then we closed the loan, funded, and we started their um, rehab process and helping them get their funds. So I stayed in contact with the borrower to help her through the whole process from start to finish with setting up with. Um, a third-party contractor that was going to control the holdback. And it pretty much just became one thing after another. Okay, they send me a document, I would send it over, and I just became included in this daisy chain just because I wanted to make sure that my client, at the end of the day, was happy. 
even though I was pretty much out of this process. So mm-hmm. I just stayed in with her to walk her through the process. And it became to the point where I would have to deal with her to deal with my borrower because my borrowers had a language barrier a little bit. So I'd go through her, and then it was a daisy chain through her to the borrower, me needing this document, but he needed to sign it here, and he needed to dot his I here, and then I needed this document. So it just... Even before the the close of the the transaction, it took took, uh, much longer than it should have to actually get the deal to to the finish line, uh, simply because of the fact, again, transparency Mm -hmm. uh, from both parties, from, from our end and from the borrower's end is, is key. because it, And literal communication yes, in this case because there, there was a language barrier. Yeah. So there was literally a problem communicating yes. yeah, I mean, the you, steps. Sometimes you wanted to you know, have a, uh, maybe an interpreter on the other one. Right. Seriously, because uh, you know, things can get very... You can, you, know, you, can, you can find yourself in a lawsuit, though. You know, by the things time can unravel yeah, pretty quick. A language yeah. barrier can say, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know this. this gotcha. Know, so, so out of all those things, Alex, that the, the, the compounding effect of all those little things make it very complicated, what was the one thing that you think made it challenging? The communication. Communication. Yeah. And so... And no trans- there wasn't enough transparency. So communication. So here's yeah. the, the irony, right? Is, yes. that, is that we can pretty much say that had that project been communicated in the same way that your current project with your current client is going, then it would have been easy. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So, so again, it's not from our end. This is where that 100% closing ratio comes into play. From our end, we, we did everything that, that we were supposed to do. We followed our process, and we have the funds allocated, ready to go, ready to draw dots. And the borrowers sometimes just don't want to share something because either they're embarrassed or mm-hmm. because they don't want you to find out about it because they, they think it'll kill the deal. The funny thing is, is that the sooner that we find out about it, the better it is for the them. better it is for everybody. It sure, and it won't be one of those last minute things. And with the language barrier, you know, we do uh, also look at foreign nationals uh, for you know uh, transactions. It doesn't necessarily have to be you know you don't have to be a U.S. citizen or anything like that. We look at everybody, you know. So foreign nationals uh, are welcome. Great. Good. So, so let's not use the word communication because we've talked about that already. But if there was one other thing that you could tell your clients that they need to do to, to set them up for success, what would that be? I would say to set them up for success before they even come to us is, well, number one, we, can, we, we offer free consultations. So before you decide to dive into a deal, um, feel free to give us a call. You know, we, we will not only just, we'll go through your transaction with you, we'll, 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 we'll evaluate it before you're even in contract or in escrow ready to buy. We'll make sure that it's a, it's a good deal for you. You know, we're not just going to take any deal just because we can do it, but we want to make sure that it's the right deal and that, you know, that borrower has the plans and, and, and then all the necessary steps um, for, for them to be successful. Because if they're not successful at the end of the day, then we're probably not going to see them again and we're not going to be able to keep our relationship. Right? Gotcha. So you're, so you're saying like if the one thing that they could do is call you, reach out, like have a, an initial consultation and just see whether their goals are achievable. Exactly. You know, yeah. get it from you guys, get it from the experts. Um, well, this has been illuminating, brilliant. Great to meet you both. Thank you, Alex, for, for making this happen. And Greg, thanks for coming in today. And, uh, and thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us on... Luke Jones Real Estate, podcasting with the real estate experts.
All right, thank you very much. And guys, uh, for everybody out there listening, we are at 1833 Sunset One. If anybody would like to call for a free consultation. Awesome job, and we'll make sure that we post all the uh, information on how to reach you on the uh, on the podcast as well. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Luke.